Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad well, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, October 28th, and welcome back to the Daily Blitz Football Podcast. I am your co-host, Big Johnny Stud at MLB Moving Averages or NFL Moving Averages on the Bluebird Twitter machine, our regular host, my buddy, your friend, Han Solo himself, Matty Williams at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S is not here today. He's getting ready for the big show tomorrow. That Friday show is the one you just cannot miss, but I've been putting the daily back into the Daily Blitz podcast, so I think on Thursday, really just kind of a day of reflection, I want to look at the news and notes to see if anything major has changed. Speaking of change, we'll go over to the betting board to see line movements, and then I think we'll take a quick look at Thursday Night Football with the Packers and the Cardinals before we get out of here. So without any further ado, let's bring up those headlines. Of course, man, it's never boring in the NFL. 72 hours an entire week can make. First up, Mark Ingram is re-signed with the New Orleans Saints, and they say he's going to play right away. I don't know, unless he's going to be a conventional running back. Maybe we'll see Kamara out in the slot. They more need a pass catcher than a running back. Maybe they were getting worried with the workload for Kamara. Next up, Mike Williams, my boy for the Los Angeles Chargers, is practicing in full. I will be keying him up absolutely everywhere. Love Big Mike. He is my dude. Speaking of my dudes, J.J. Watt on my Arizona Cardinals that if you follow and I've been loving so, so much, man. I got a 31-1 to Super Bowl ticket riding on the Redbirds. How about that, people? Those odds got cut in like three pieces already to 7-0. and They do it all, both sides of the ball on the defensive line, but J.J. Watt going to be out for the entire year, really going to hurt the Cardinals. Next up, T.Y. Hilton did not practice on Wednesday for the Colts, so I think that's just all the pitmen you can handle. D-Hop for the Cardinals is questionable, but expected to play. It's been really difficult to get behind any of the Cardinals' wide outs this year because of that very wide target tree. Next up, Shanahan in San Francisco expects Kittle back in week nine. They could really use that. I think that's a huge plus for Debo Samuel, who's our last note today, did not practice Wednesday, but is expected to play in not a great matchup versus Chicago. But I think that may really suppress ownership to the point where I like Debo. Remember, with Jimmy G on a field, DBS is the man. 9, 189 and 1, week 1, 6 and 93. 5 for 52 was the down week. You bought the dip. 8, 156 and 2, 7. 101 last week when Jimmy G is at the helm. Debo is huge and I'm not the type to think that Kittle would take away from him. I only think it adds to it. Him taking away attention and helping to extend those drives. All right, I think that's our headlines for today. Time to take a dive into that betting board. Just looking for movement. The timing of betting NFL is something lots of touts and handicaps are always arguing about. If you think you have a distinct edge, particularly against the score, I would say smash it early. I worry sometimes about betting teams early in the week because of injuries. Had you put a significant amount of money on the Packers this week before having Devontae Adams listed as out, you're probably regretting that. So generally, I wait on sides and jump on totals. Let's see what we got so far. We'll go over the entire board really quick. 
just see what we can get from the line movements. Tonight's game between the Packers and the Cardinals opened up at 52.5 minus 3.5, of course. When you lose an impact player like Devontae Adams, it's going to hurt both of those. The total has dropped to 50.5. The spread from minus 3.5 Arizona jumped three full points for a pass catcher. That feels a bit lofty. My gut tells me, you know, jump on the Packers, even if they don't win. You got to like them plus six, even without Adams. Rodgers is just so, so good. Then again, we mentioned J.J. Watt missing. He's a really crucial piece on the line. We'll get to that with tonight's game. Miami and Buffalo, the total has stuck, but the edge is shifting towards Buffalo. Opened at 11.5. It's now at 13.5, where it's stuck for the past couple days. Atlanta and Carolina, that total has actually dropped two full points. I guess that makes some sense. People are really getting away from Carolina. I actually think Donald is not as terrible as people are drawing him up as he was in the Gase days, but the last few games have not been encouraging. Atlanta now favored by three. That one opened at two and a half. I think if you liked either side with there, you're sticking with your guns. Philadelphia opened at minus three and a half. It's stuck at minus three and a half on the road. In Detroit, the total has dropped a point and a half. I talked about that the other day. I thought that one was too high. Dropped down to 48. I still think that might be a bit too high. Some books are down at 47 and a half. Expect that to drop another half point. By the time we get to Sunday, Tennessee and Indianapolis, that total has jumped a full point and a half. I'm not sure I'm seeing it this way. You know, it's two teams that want to run the ball. It's a divisional game. Getting to 50 is difficult. I don't think we will. Indianapolis opened up minus two and a half. That's moved to minus one. Something else I talked about on the show. Feeling a bit more fair. This one really feels like a pick'em. LA Rams and Houston. Rams by a million has moved to a million and a half. No, that opened at minus 14. It's now minus 14 and a half, but the total has moved up from 45 and a half to 47 and a half. Some books have it at 48. It's still moving north. The Rams and the narratives are pulling that up. I don't know where they're getting that score from. If you assign 30 points to the better team, being the Rams, that leaves 17 and a half now for Houston. I cannot see Houston getting 17 and a half. So I'm definitely under on this one, but if the public is going to keep taking it higher, I'm going to pump the brakes, right? So we had our analysis didn't match the line but now we've seen the line move and we could even get further once we're seeing 45 and a half to 47 and a half and books with 48 that one is going to 48 maybe 48 and a half if you see it come back down a half point then you smash that under but right now this is a trick from wall street it's called we're trailing the price cincinnati going to new york jets that one is at minus 10 and a half it was minus 10 the other day i think it's still too close of a spread cincinnati should wipe the floor with the jets total started at 45 down to 42 everyone in their mom worried if the Jets are going to score any with good reason. I gotta like Cincinnati up to 13, maybe even 14. Pittsburgh going to Cleveland. I like Pittsburgh to win this one outright. The public does not agree. Cleveland opened up as minus two and a half. That's moved to minus three and a half. The total went from 45 down to 42 and a half. Those numbers, I can't go under. This one really smells like it could be a slot fest. Lots of running on deck. Nick Chubb is back. Him and Dearness Johnson, are there going to be trouble for Pittsburgh? Likely, but those things do eat up clock. I'm not touching the total on this one. I still like Pittsburgh to win it all even with Chubb back. That's one of my plus money line dogs plays for the week. San Francisco moving to Chicago. San Fran opened up as a three and a half point favorite. That has moved to minus four. Feels about right. I liked it better at three and a half. San Francisco has not really played well. They're not really a cover team. Not really a game I'm going to be going after. The totals move from 43 down to 39 and a half. I, I get it. Not touching this total at all. Jacksonville and Seattle. Line's been stagnant the whole week. 43 and a half. Seattle favored by three. I think I like Jacksonville to win this one. I've been waiting to hit the spread to see if I can get plus three and a half. I think at some books I saw the plus three going off at even money, something that you got to
lot of like even money and points on the board. New England going to LA Chargers. The totals moved up from 47.5 up to 49. The spread is stagnant at 5.5 the entire week, though this one has the largest disparity from book to book. I see a minus 5 in the board. FanDuel even posted minus 4.5. Those points absolutely matter. They cost you a lot of money. It means what people sign up to different books and do your shopping. If I can get Chargers at minus 4.5, I'm hitting it now. The other totals, I think I'm going to wait for the public being kind of stagnant, like I said, on this one. Next one, Washington going to Denver. The total stuck at 44.5, likely where it belongs. Denver opened up at minus 4. I was into Washington. That number has moved to minus 3 now. So I think that one may continue. You may see that get to the hook. If you're into Denver, you gotta get it now. I think Washington has a chance to win this one outright. Tampa Bay going to New Orleans opened up at minus 4, and I said that in the beginning of the week. That was a misprice. It's now up to minus 6. I think that one's good. Up to minus 7. I like this one against the spread. Give me Tampa. Total stuck at 50. I think we go under. Even if Tampa gets to day of 30, does New Orleans get 20? The answer is probably not. Nighttime games. Dallas going to Minnesota. Opened up minus 2.5 point favorites. The Cowboys, that is. That's moved down to minus 1.5. I like the Cowboys at 2.5. I certainly like them at 1.5. The total moved from 51 to 55. If you're going over 55, I think you're crazy. Give me Dallas to win this one. Remember, quick note on the betting board, always compare the prices between the spread and the money line. You may find value in one or the other. Last game, Giants going to Kansas City. That one is on Monday night. 54 is the total. Minus 13 has moved to 52 and minus 10. Chiefs backers, this is your last chance, man, to believe. I still think Kansas City is a league and a half better than the Giants. We're going to find out, but it's been very, very tough to pick. And the way the Chiefs are playing, how could you not take the opposition with 10 points? That one smells like it has backdoor cover written all over it. Last segment before we get out of here, let's do a quick look at Thursday Night Football, which in general, I really, truly dislike. I think it's unfair to the players, and maybe I've had some lack of success betting it. Maybe that's why I don't like it. Anecdotal as it is, I think it's hard enough to recover after seven days playing a gruesome game like this, having to do it in four or four and a half just doesn't seem right. Like I mentioned before, this one opened up at 52 and a half. Arizona favored by three and a half with the absence of Devontae Adams, and now Alan Lazard as well. It's moved to 50 and a half, minus six six and a half. Let's take a look at some stats, everybody. Packers, they move really slowly. I think that's the very first thing that jumps out to me. Packers, on the season, 30.2 seconds per play, but also 37.2 yards per drive, three minutes and 15 seconds per drive. So, they move slowly, and they're efficient. They stay on the field. That is death for overs. I do not want any total of 50 whenever the Packers are playing. I almost feel like that's an auto smash to the under, except this week it is Arizona Cardinals. Let's get back into the Packers. They do everything okay. Rush DVOA, minus eight. Meh, four and a quarter adjusted line yards, 25 attempts for 102 yards per game, 4.36 running back yards per carry. I think they're a little better than that because you're always getting Jones, and then we've seen Dylan produce. You have to lose the one really poor game. He put the ball on the ground twice. Other than that, he's very productive. They're both very good. I expect a ton of Aaron Jones in the pass game today without Lazard or Adams. So those might be like a little rec prop you want to look for today. Line grade for the Green Bay Packers, pretty good. Though they have allowed a bunch of sacks. Rodgers really not very mobile, doesn't do himself any favors getting out of the way. They throw the ball a ton, 33 attempts per game, 22 completions, but only 236 yards for the Packers. But they're good for nearly 11 yards per completion, over 2 yards per game, less than half an interception per game. We know when Rodgers at the helm, they're going to be pretty 
pretty good. How bad are they going to be hampered without Adams? I think they've won the last six games without him, but man, I don't know if they've played a complete team like these Cardinals that though they did lose J.J. Watt, they're just getting Chandler Jones back. He's really good. He's a problem up front for just about everybody. So we went over the Packers offense. The Arizona defense has been very, very good, allowing only 16 points a game, 60 plays and 317 yards, 5.25 yards per play. All those near the top of the board, the points allowed, I think, is first. They're holding opponents to only 32 yards per drive, 2 minutes and 32 seconds per drive. That's going to be the immovable force and the unstoppable object. Can the Cardinals keep the Packers from getting first down at the first down at the first down? We're going to see they have been a bit choppy against the run. 4.36 adjusted line yards allowed, over 115 yards, but 4.79 running back yards per attempt. We know the Packers are going to try and serve them up a bunch of Aaron Jones. That Cardinals pass D has been excellent. Pass rushing grade via PFF, where you want to go for the most advanced stuff near the top of the board at 81. They have 19 sacks and an 8% adjusted sack rate. That's all really good, allowing only 21 completions for 201 yards per game, 6 yards per attempt, less than 10 yards per completion, less than 1.5 touchdowns per game. These Cardinals get it done on the defensive side of the ball, and then you get Kyler Murray in a really exciting but diverse set of production from the Cardinals. It's really almost downright frustrating as a fantasy player or a DFS player trying to find the production in the Cardinals backfield. Connor and Edmonds have done the split thing with Connor getting all the goal line work. Edmonds between the 20s and then over to the wide receivers. You never know who's going to get it. I think DeAndre Hopkins might be hurt. He's had a decent floor every single game. You know, four touchdowns in the last three games. That's not bad, but he's yet to go over 87 yards on the year. Not what you'd expected by week 7. A.J. Green has 5 catches, 3 of the last 5. going over 66 yards, 4 of the last 5. Christian Kirk has a couple games over 71, over 100. Scored a touchdown last week. Rondale Moore has a big game during the season. Then a lot of flat output. So we don't know where the ball is going to go in Arizona. K1 being the engine that makes that offense go and the guy you want every single week. Packers defense has been good, but not great. They've struggled as far as line play go. Minus 7% rush DVOA, allowing 4.88 adjusted line yards on defense. That's bottom three. 25 attempts for over 121 yards. Not great. The pass defense has been better than we thought without Alexander. Those pass stats on the season looking pretty good. The defensive line playing well as far as pass runs via PFF at 75. 18 sacks, nearly an 8% adjusted sack rate. Opponents being held below 212 passing yards per game, only 6 yards per attempt. 9.3 yards per completion. Those are all really good. They have allowed some pass touchdowns, but it's that offense that's generally negating the opposition's offense because of those all-important drive and pace stats. So, What's that mean to us? I'm really not sure. I hate going up against Aaron Rodgers. I hate betting against Kyler Murray. And I hate Thursday night. So with the line movement, I think my gut is telling me take the plus six and a half with the Packers. But really at the end of the day, going to be honest, not putting any serious money on this one at all. I think I'm going to let it play out because I think I could see it going either way. Is the absence of what hurt the defensive line enough to let Jones do his thing? Let the Packers sustain, do just enough on defense to keep it close? You 
You got to think it's in the range of outcomes. Without Adams or Lazard, I have a tough time seeing the Packers getting the W. So that will do it for me, the co-host Chewbacca, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple, Big Johnny Stud. Check me out at MLB or NFL Moving Averages on the Twitter machine. Follow me up at MLB Moving AVG. And don't forget to follow Han Solo, my host of the Falcon here, Mr. Matt Williams at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7. I-A-M-S, please rate, review, subscribe, and be back at the helm of the ship every single day. We'll be back here tomorrow for the big show, the game-by-game breakdown. Make sure you set aside some time for this one. Matt and I just printing cash on this one. We do our work separately, then we come together and combine. And if you're playing the consensus stuff this season, you're doing really, really well. So thanks for your time, everybody. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your day when we're done with the book. Enjoy that pay. Hope you enjoyed listening to the Daily Blitz Football Podcast. Peace.